Good evening and Merry Christmas to all of you. You all shook hands extremely fast. On Sunday mornings, it's usually like a two-minute deal, and you're ready to go instantly today. But we want to say Merry Christmas. Tonight is nothing about us and all about Jesus as we worship the King of Kings that came to this earth. It's a season of giving, and we know that. Um, And it's incredible to think that God saw fit uh, to give us the ultimate gift some 2,000 years ago in, in the Middle East, Jesus Christ. It's the most celebrated uh, event, the most celebrated day uh, in, 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 in our entire year. Uh, hundreds of millions of people are going to pause their, their regular days, uh, their regular days at work and their regular school days and their regular schedules, and they're going to pause and celebrate the greatest, most historic event to ever happen to mankind. And it's absolutely incredible. And I hope you take some time, not only tonight, but tomorrow and in the coming days, uh, to think about this great, great gift that we have been given. The thing I love about this gift is it's actually even split uh, the time in two. Uh, for many of you, you would say from BC, before Christ, to, to AD, yeah, uh, the Latin word is anno domini, uh, it means the year of the Lord. It means that it points back to, to Christ's birth. So every time you're saying what year it is, you're pointing back to this incredible historic event that Jesus came to this earth and walked as a man and ultimately went to the cross for our, for, for our sin and for the payment of our, of our sin. One of the things I've noticed at Christmas time was we all have a whole lot of preferences. And uh, if you live with someone else, you figure that out pretty quickly. And at Christmas, you have so many family, uh, maybe events or family traditions, uh, things that you've been a part of. Uh, last night, Nat and I took the boys around. We kind of every year find a night to go drive around, look at Christmas lights all over Centerville. And you see people with, with uh, nothing out, and it's like, come on, it's Christmas time. And then you see people that go way overboard, and it's awesome, and we talk about it, and there's something we yell of all the stuff we see. But we all have all kinds of preferences at Christmas time. So what we're going to do tonight, before we even start into some biblical things, is we're going to settle, settle some of our differences tonight. And what we're going to do is, if you don't, if you don't participate, it'll be the two most painful minutes of your Christmas season. And if you do participate, it'll, it'll just make us all happier, all right? So at Christmas time, we're going to pop a couple things up on the screen, and, and you have to say which one by a clap of your hands. I'll mention them both, and then we'll clap our hands for the one that you would say, this is Christmas for me, all right? So we'll pop the first one up on the screen. How many of you would say you're a ham person at Christmas? Anybody clap for that? Yeah. How many of you would say you're a turkey person at Christmas? That's what I thought. Turkey had its day a month ago. So all of you are clapping for turkey. It's, that day's over. The next one you can pop up on the screen. How many of you would say you're home alone? Great, clap for that. Or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. yeah. It, we relate with that because everybody's family's like that. How many of you have an Eddie in your family? Raise your hand. We've got a few Eddies. A few Eddies in our family. Uh, the next one will pop up on the screen. How many of you say Bing Crosby, White Christmas? Yeah. And Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. Wow. That was, that was almost a tie, but we got to go with Bing on that one. The next one is Hallmark Christmas Movies. Clap. Or pull your fingernails out with pliers. Which one would you have? Yes! I give a clap for that. I don't ever want to rush through Christmas, but I want that to be over. I'm sick of it being on our TV at home. Constant. They're the same, it's the same movie with different people over and over and over again. 
And then the last one, you can pop up there. How many of you are a fake Christmas tree person? Great clap for that. How many of you would say you're a real Christmas tree person? That's a tie. I think we have to go with a tie on that. So many preferences. It's fun at Christmas. What makes Christmas Christmas for you and your family and your loved ones? Uh, so many different things. But there's one thing that we're here to celebrate tonight that, that truly unites us all. And we don't often point back to John 3.16 of thinking of the Christmas story, but it paints a picture of how much our God loved us. He said that our God loves us so much that, that what did he do in that passage we hear about? That he gave to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? That whoever so believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That God gave us the greatest gift at Christmas. And when we give gifts tomorrow at Christmas time, a couple things are happening. One of the things that's happening is you are letting that person know that uh, through this gift and through what I'm doing for you, that you are treasured and that you are loved. Uh, some of you in here, whether through premarital uh, counseling or you've just read the book on your own, have gone through uh, Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Anybody read that book? It's a great book. And in that book, uh, Gary begins to talk about how we as individuals receive love from somebody else. And one of the, one of the uh, ways that people receive love from someone else is by receiving gifts. And he's not talking about just material, hey, wrap something up for me and give me a gift. But it goes way further than that. And some of you in here have the gift. Uh, that, that, is, that is the way you receive love, is by receiving gifts from someone else at Christmas. You love that, right? Because people are, are, are giving you stuff. But I want to read something to you and listen to the parallels of what Gary Chapman talks about in, the, in his book about this love language of receiving gifts. And then the parallel of what our God did for us by sending Jesus into the world. It's up on the screen. Don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of the gifts thrives on love, thoughtfulness, and the effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, is that this is how you receive love, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. Gifts are visual representations of love and that you are treasured greatly. I was reading that again this week and I thought, you know what, that is, Jesus is the greatest representation to all of us of how much truly our God just lavishes his love on us. Uh, Jesus is the greatest representation to us to show us that you are treasured, you are treasured by God with this incredible gift that he has given to us. Jesus Christ. Uh, Luke 2, we traveled through this last Sunday, and then Pastor John navigated it through a little bit yesterday. But I want to read to you just a small section of it. As this gift, Jesus, is being unwrapped to the world. Imagine hearing this for the very first time. We've heard it a lot, right? You keep gathering around at Christmas Eve, and whether it be your family sharing the story through Luke 2. But listen to it again, verse 8. Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. How great is it? You read this story. The perfect gift of God to us, it was wrapped wrapped for you and I to experience the love of Jesus, to experience the hope of Jesus, the joy of Jesus. We've all had moments in our life, I, I know I have, 
whether it was as a child or an adult, where you really wanted something, maybe at Christmas time or something else, where you would long to have the gift, whatever it may be, right? And maybe you have that this year for the young ones in here, I don't know. But at Christmas, we often run across that. And if you were to think about that thing that you want or you wanted so bad when you were a youngster, uh, when you really think about it, the thing that you ultimately want is the thing behind the thing, right? You want the feeling that that thing brings you. When you open the gift, you want the joy that that gift brings you. When you open that gift or you get that thing, you want the, the happiness that that thing will bring you. And I would say we live in a culture today that, that is chasing after joy and happiness, and, and we're seeking after it in all kinds of places, right? That feeling of elation, that feeling of joy, that feeling of, man, I, I'm, I'm fulfilled and I'm happy. We search for it in all kinds of places only to find if it's not in Christ Jesus, we fall short every single time. There's a passage, I love what it says here in Luke 2, verse 10. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You know what God's saying in that moment? He's saying, all of humanity, I'm the creator of you. I've got an absolute incredible gift for you. And this gift that I'm about to bring you is going to bring great joy in your life. That's what our God is telling us in this passage. And he's declaring in this moment that, you know all these things you chase after to bring joy in your life? I'm about to bring you something that's going to cause true joy, true fulfillment, deep-seated biblical joy. It's going to be the thing that will sustain you on your journey and in your life, and it's going to cause great joy. It may not be the thing that you thought in that moment that you needed, but it's definitely the thing that, that we do need, right? And God lets us know, I've got an incredible gift for you. We've talked about over the book of Philippians over this last fall of, of what true joy looks like and what kind of earthly joy looks like. Earthly joy is circumstantial. You can have a great morning and a terrible afternoon, right? You kind of, you're on that roller coaster of I'm full of joy, I'm not full of joy. It, it, it starts and ends with relationships that we may run into people. Uh, and we find it uh, earthly joy to be fleeting from us. But deep-seated, like true joy that God wants to instill in each one of us, it's not, it's not fleeting. It's, not, it's unchanging whether the circumstance is good or the circumstance is bad. And when God announced that day that I have a gift for you that's going to cause great joy in you, it was not circumstantial. It was not for the shepherds just in that moment. But he says it's for all of you. It's for all the people. And when you begin to unpack this great gift that he brings us, the thing that kind of lays beneath it that it truly brings each one of us is it brings us hope. That's one of the great gifts that Jesus brings us into this world and instills in us is hope. We hear that word thrown around a lot, right, throughout, throughout our culture. I have, I have no more hope. Or I, I am just full of hope now that this is in place, that this is going to happen. I want to share with you just a few uh, uh, quotes from some of the, the greats of the Christian faith that have gone before us. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, without Christ, there's no hope. How true that is. Uh, that we live in a world that hungers for hope. Billy Graham, the late Billy Graham said it this way, our world today so desperately hungers for hope, yet uncounted people have almost given up. That's the opposite of hope. 
There is despair and hopelessness on every hand. And I would say there's despair and hopelessness in every home up and down your street that you live on. And he goes on and he says, let us be faithful in proclaiming the hope that is in Jesus. And he gave his life for that because he wanted everybody to know the hope that is in Jesus. R.C. Sproul said this, hope is called the anchor of the soul in Hebrews 6.19 because it gives stability to the Christian life. But hope is not simply a wish. I wish such and such would take place. Rather, it is that which latches on to the certainty of the promises of the future that God has made in this, in his word. The truth is this. We don't live in a time or in a culture where people are lacking hope, but we live in a time where people are putting their hope in the complete wrong things, right? We put our hope in leaders at times, don't we? Only to find out they're finite beings and they're broken and and at times they let us down. And then we find ourselves frustrated. We do it with people uh, or with him or with her and we say, well, now now that we're together, I'm gonna put my hope in them only to find out they're in the same boat. They're finite beings and they're broken and they find themselves putting your hope in and ultimately to, to, to put ourselves where they fail and we find ourselves in a miserable spot. We put our hope in money and stuff and we think, man, the more I get, the more joy-filled I'm going to be and our hope is in the things of this earth. Paul talks about it a lot in the New Testament. Man, put your hope, put your hope in the things and the things of heaven. Church, Jesus, I want you to remember this. He is your gift. He's your gift of hope. Don't ever forget it. Maybe some are in here tonight and you're in a hopeless spot and you long for clarity, you long for direction, you long for something to change in 2019 as it comes around. Remember that your hope is in Jesus, in Jesus Christ. It's a gift from God to you. And he wants to give you hope. There's not only hope that he gives us uh, in Scripture, but he makes it very clear in the Christmas story that, that Jesus comes to give us peace. And if there's ever a time that we need peace, you pop on the tube and it just seems like there's war and fighting and, and shootings and, 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 and arguing and bickering, right? Uh, and, and social and political divides on every, in every realm of life. If there's ever a time we need to experience the peace of God... I would say it's now. Listen to what the, peace, uh, the Prince of Peace says to you in John 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. I don't know about you, but so many of my days, the thing I need the most is the peace of God. Anybody have days or multiple days where things just feel like it's a little bit chaotic? Things are out of sorts. You're stressed to the max. Uh, You want looking for a way out, right? But remember in that moment that you can center yourself on, on the God of peace. And you can experience the peace, the peace of God that he gives to you. And he says, this is a gift that I want to give. I want to give to each and every one of you. So as I learn to to take the trust out of myself and put my trust on God, the Bible's pretty clear we'll experience peace in our life. That we'll experience maximum peace, maximum freedom when we find ourselves putting our trust and obedience in Him. When we learn contentment in Christ alone, we'll experience peace in our life. When, When we get to a point where we really, really, really can take God at His word 
Even in moments in life where it's like, this is crazy that I'm taking you at your word in the midst of this. When we can get to that point and just do it, doesn't matter what comes my way, I'm going to take you at your word, God. You'll experience the peace of God in your life like never before. God is longing for his people to just put his tr- your trust in him. Remember Philippians 4, uh, verse 7 uh, talked about prayer, and it was bringing up a whole bunch of stuff, and then it talked about that we can experience a peace that what? That passes all understanding. Anybody long for that but me? That's what Jesus came to give you a gift of peace that passes all understanding. One of the things we can't forget before we close out is the great gift that he gave us through grace. That he gave us grace and mercy and forgiveness and forgiveness of our sin. It's something that every single one of us absolutely need. You know, on Christmas morning, when you open up gifts that you need, and then you open up gifts that you want, anybody have those? And you're actually probably still using 2017's gifts that you need, right? And your 2017 gifts that you thought you wanted are in a closet, or you sold them last summer to God sale, because you no longer, God not only gave us what we wanted, but he gave us what we need. He gave us joy and peace and hope and salvation, and then he gave us, he gave us grace, And he gave us mercy because he knew that we flat out needed it. In Matthew, he shares the Christmas story this way. In uh, Matthew 1, verse 21, this incredible birth announcement. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people. Listen to this laser-focused mission Jesus was on from heaven to earth, and he will save his people from their sins. That's good news. Because in every single one of our stories, oh, we all have different resumes. We all have different backgrounds. But there's something in every single one of our stories, and it's called sin. And it's all level ground, and we're all standing on it, and it's all in our past, and it continues to be in our life. And Romans 3.23 makes it pretty clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The word sinned here actually means missing Missing the mark. That if you were to have a bullseye straight out and you were to pull the bow back and shoot it, and instead of hitting the bullseye, it goes a little bit left or a little bit right and takes out one of your neighbor's huge Christmas inflatables. The Bible would say that's sin. I would say that's not. You're doing us all a service by taking that inflatable out. (laughs) Spiritually speaking, when we see the bullseye in front of us, the bullseye of being like Christ, the bullseye of being obedient to Christ, the bullseye being made in the image of Christ, and we pull back and we shoot and we miss the mark, right? Uh, We want to live a life that's just full of honesty, but we find ourselves blind. We want to live a life that's that's full of character and, and a life that's above reproach, right? A life of integrity. But sometimes we find ourselves deceiving or maybe cheating. We find ourselves wanting to help people at times. It's all in our heart to help others and to love others and be there for others, right? But then at the same time, we try to hit that bullseye and we find ourselves just talking about people, gossiping about people, tearing people down with our words. This Christmas, so many of you are probably, as I am, aiming for patience. And at times you're finding yourself uh, going a little bit left or right of of the bullseye. And you're getting, finding yourself short with people, finding yourself angry, finding yourself being a person you don't want to be. And here's the good news for all of us today, that God gave us a remedy for sin. 
and his name is Jesus. And he went to the cross for every single one of us, and it's because of his grace and his mercy to you and to me, we can be forgiven of our sin. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and that is not from yourselves, but it is a gift from God. God gave you and I, listen, the perfect gift. Why? Because he knows us. He knows the intricacies of our heart. He knows our greatest desires, our greatest longings, and he absolutely loves us. He's our, he's our heavenly father. I want to close with this last little line. It's in Luke 2, verse 11. As we think about Jesus and the great gift that he is tonight, before we close out in corporate singing. It says this. It says, a Savior has been born to you. I want you to think about this. It's not just, it makes the Christmas, the gift personal. It's not just God so loved the world, but it's God so loved, God so loved me. And to personalize it and make, man, that God truly, when he sent Jesus into the world, he had me in mind. Isn't that crazy? When God sent his son to the cross for you and I, he had you in mind personally. When God sent his son and he found himself being crucified for our sin and for our junk, he had you in mind. And three days later, when he rose from the grave, he had, he had you in mind. And as God promises us that Jesus is going to return for his church, and for you and for me, and that he's preparing a place for you and me in heaven, he has you in mind. So it's not just God so loved the world, but it's awesome to think about that a Savior has been born to you and to me. It's the perfect gift. One of the things that happens when you get a gift is, is you have to you have to receive it, don't you? This is actually Natalie's tomorrow. I forget what's in it, but I just pulled it from under the tree before I left. You have to receive the gift. So the question that you have to ask yourself or what are you going to do with the gift of Jesus? One of the things I love about my God and your God is he didn't make us spiritual robots, but he gave us a free will and a free will to either accept this incredible gift of Jesus or to reject the incredible gift of Jesus. But it goes to great lengths for our God in heaven some 2,000 years ago to say, I'm going to step out of heaven, be one of you all, because I long, I long, I long to have a relationship with you. And not only that, I'm going I'm to send my son to the cross to pay the penalty for all of your sin. Jesus Christ is the perfect perfect gift. Tomorrow morning, if you were to get a gift from someone or a loved one and they just kind of threw it back at you, said, I don't want it, you could picture your Father in heaven, probably the sorrow and the heartbreak for the one that he's created to ultimately say, I don't need the gift, and I reject the gift. Let me tell you what Acts says in Acts 10, verse 35. The message says it makes no difference who you are or where you're from. It's all encompassing. If you want God and you're ready, as he says, the door is open. Because today in the town of David, a Savior has been born.
for you. And he's Christ the King. Church, I want you to leave tonight knowing that he's the perfect gift. You'll never feel fuller. You'll never feel more satisfied than when you're in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me pray. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for Jesus. Our lives would be so different. They'd be so stale. We'd walk through life without purpose, without hope. But God, because of Jesus, we can have hope and joy and peace, and we can experience the grace of God, the mercy of God. And we can be in relationship with the Savior of the universe. What a gift. God, as we're about to light candles and sing unto you, let them be a reminder to all of us that you are the light that has come into the world. And where does the light shine the brightest? In the rooms and in the hearts that are the darkest. So God, let us carry this light that you so graciously give to us into this broken world. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.